0: Welcome to Strike Deck Radio, a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Strike Deck and the Success League. Strike Deck is a customer success automation platform that helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. The Strike Deck solution enables churn prevention, upsells, and customer advocacy. They use machine learning and predictive analytics to bubble up insights and alerts about customer health, sentiment, and engagement. The Success League is a consulting firm focused on customer success. We work with executives who are ready to build and develop a top-performing customer success team that drives revenue and retention for the organization. We also offer training programs for CSMs and customer success leaders. For more information, you can visit our website at thesuccessleague.io. My name is Kristen Heyer, and I'm the host of Strike Deck Radio and the founder and CEO of the Success League. I'm really excited to introduce Andreas Nofal. He is a seasoned customer success leader, a fellow consultant, and a partner in the development of the Customer Success Performance Index, which is what we'll be talking about today. This is a publicly available tool that customer success leaders can use to benchmark their performance on eight different dimensions. So, Andreas, I'm really looking forward to talking about this study today, and welcome to the show.
1: Yes, hello. Really excited to be here and uh, share what we did over the uh, past year with the Customer Success Performance Index and our industry benchmark.
0: So before we get rolling on talking about the index, can you give us a little bit of background on yourself and how you landed in Customer Success?
1: Absolutely. I started out in Germany with SAP as a consultant. And was asked by SAP to build a post-sales consulting and escalation management practice. And have since then built multiple post-sales functions and engaged with some of the largest customers in the world. Some of the smallest, not just with SAP and other companies from startups to some of these giants as well. I've always looked at my relationships with customers as delivering and enabling long-term value. And so when the software industry did the pivot to the subscription economy, I was able to take my transferable skills into customer success and apply the onboarding, the relationship, the nurture skills, when I rewrote the Mm -hmm. customer success book for one of the Apple divisions when I guided multiple startups in the process. And that's how I came into customer success.
0: Great. Can you also give the audience a little bit of an overview of the customer success performance index so they have some context for the rest of the interview?
1: Absolutely. When I look at my work helping companies to be successful in customer success, the overall goal is to increase that revenue retention from your existing account base. And in this work, I noticed specific patterns of specific problems customers had and specific remedies that I prescribed. And so I started organizing this for my own benefit and came up with eight dimensions. I don't want to go through all the eight dimensions when someone wants to know all the details. They're available on the Success League blog section. And we will highlight a few of those sections and what excellence in those actually means later on in this interview. But that helped me in my own work. And I realized that there was a lack of data out there available among all these wonderful sources from customer success leaders to help someone benchmark themselves against their fellow colleagues. What does it mean to be one of the success leaders in terms of net revenue retention performance? And what are the behaviors that are driving that? And with that benchmark study, that you and I conducted at the end of 2018, we have now this data, this correlation between excellence in the customer success performance index and excellence in your business performance. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I really like about the index is that it, it allows you to really see not just, you know, how are you doing compared to others in the dimensions, but also you can see how it helps, you know, with retention and expansion of revenue and all of that, which is fantastic. And I also think you can yeah, and you can gear it for you know where you are as a company, too. So if you're you know in a an earlier stage company, you know you may not be the leader on all of those dimensions, but you have a vision for where you want to go from there, which I think is is great.
1: Precisely. And in past lives, for example, in professional services, some of the tools that are out there that I found bits too stringent and rigid. Mm -hmm. To be able to move from one stage to the next level or whatever their next step was. And so the customer success performance index really gives you that flexibility to look at your own journey as you prescribe customer journeys and mature your behaviors, your philosophy and culture of customer success inside your company as well and say, here are the things, the next steps that I want to tackle to kind of catch up with my peers. And here are the things where I'm already on par or even ahead of what most other companies are doing, and I can focus then on these other areas. So very specific, applicable plans without being so rigid that you have to be a specific company size, company maturity stage, or customer engagement model to fit into this.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I know we're going to get into some more details about the tool later in the interview, but I think it makes sense for us to start with some of the results that we've seen so far. I'd like to kick things off with Lauren Costella from Medrio. Her team was the leader pretty much across all dimensions. And I thought it was especially interesting that she had a strong showing in the area of internal alignment, which as a consultant is something that I see as a gap in a lot of companies. Can you share some details of her interview in that area?
1: Of course, happy to share some of the details of my interview with Lauren. She and her team at Metrio achieved more than excellence in this framework with these eight pillars. She was also one of the top scorers in terms of the net revenue retention rate that she was able to achieve over the past year as we captured it in the benchmark study. And that made her a very relevant showcase to share some of the details of what she and her team were able to achieve. And so now coming to the alignment details, customer success in one of the leading scoring companies as was shown in the interviews over and over again, is more than a function, a department that you hire a bunch of people into. It is really a philosophy. It is a culture that permeates through the entire organization. And so, for example, at Lawrence Company, there is a strong alignment between the customer success team, between engineering, between sales and between marketing, and they're accountable to each other. Medrio has a handful of specific engagement models with their customers. And every deal that comes into the company is assessed to its match to those engagement models. If there is a high match, then it goes automatically into a specific customer journey, Specific playbooks get get applied and everything goes basically by the push of a button. If there is a lower alignment, then the company executives make a decision how to approach this customer if there is a risk in engaging with this customer and how this risk can be mitigated. And so that is one of the areas where the entire company looks into how can we ensure the success of a customer, how can we ensure to the best of our abilities that the sales and marketing spend that we invested in to get this customer ultimately results in many years of renewal returns so that we get our investment back and then actually make a profit on this customer. And that was one of the very exciting topics that I discussed with Lauren.
0: Sandreas, so next you spoke with Sue Ferrance, the head of customer success for Signable, and they're based in the UK. Her team showed up with a really high score in the area of playbooks. Could you share with us her perspective on what they did to demonstrate performance in that dimension?
1: Absolutely, Kristen. Sue and her team at Signable distinguishes themselves, first of all, that Everyone on the team has domain expertise. Everyone on the team knows what value signable brings to each individual customers. And so as the CSM engages with the customer, there are a number of playbooks available based on the customer journey that is defined together with the customer, based on the customer outcomes that are defined together with the customer in their language and based on the CSM's experience. And instead of following very rigidly along this path, the CSM can adopt this to each customer so that the customer feels that the journey that they're on is actually written by them and not dictated by the company signable to them. And that makes it very relevant for them. So all the engagement points from executive reviews to a courtesy call to whatever is prescribed in the playbook feels very natural to them. That eases the mm-hmm. conversations that they have that allows the CSMs to probe about the health of the customer, the expansion probability and any type of possibilities that there are in the account because there is already a strong alignment between the customer and the CSM instead of a CSM, as I've seen in some other cases, going and saying, well, my playbook tells me that I have to do this step now, whether (laughs) it makes sense or not. I'm being a bit sarcastic here, but that is one of the areas that helps Sue and her team to create this high customer loyalty and these outstanding renewal rates.
0: So one of the interesting things about this survey to me was that we had a large group of international companies participate. And thanks to a partnership with Hiroku Otsu, we ended up with a strong showing from Japanese firms. One of the notable companies was Abija, whose head of customer success, Genshin Maruta, participated in our study. Their program was really strong in the dimension of segmentation. Can you share his approach and why you think they scored so high?
1: Yes, absolutely, Kristen. The way Abija looks at segmentation is from the view of the customer's perspective. What is the outcome? What is the business result a specific customer is trying to achieve from the platform overall? This, again, puts any conversation on customer success into the terminology of the customer. All of Abigail's customers use the same platform, but they're looking at the results in this very specific language into very specific goals for them. And looking through the lens of the customer at the success means that I can, as a customer success manager or customer success leader, pair one customer that is successful with my platform with another customer that has the same goals very easily. It allows me to steer the product direction in terms of new capabilities and features, the services that I need to provide to this customer all into this framework from the customer perspective. Instead of segmenting customers like you would traditional do in marketing by the customer size and assign them to high-touch, low-touch, tech-touch by a specific industry. And what Abuja has found is that by framing every conversation and in the segmentation of value – through these customer defined buckets helps them to communicate more effectively with the customer, validates that business value mm-hmm. has been achieved and the business goals have been uh, achieved. And that is again why the existing customers of Abijah have an astronomical renewal rate. They're the Accounts are growing at one of the highest bases that we had with over 100 participants in this benchmark survey.
0: Yeah, I think it's a really interesting way to approach segmentation because you're right. You know, usually we are looking at things like size or um, revenue, and those are the things that guide segmentation. And to some degree, they need to because you, of course, need you know to segment your customers in a way that fits with your business model. But I love having the dimension of thinking about customer outcomes applied along with that. And I think that if you think about it that way, you can create some really interesting segments and and really start to guide your customer journey in a way that is really aligned with your customers instead of just aligned with your own business.
1: Exactly, Kristen. And Abigail uses a high-touch, low-touch, tech-touch model as well. But the segmentation around this dimension is secondary to the alignment on the customer values, which are primary.
0: Okay, got it. Before we continue with the rest of the interview, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Do you need training for your customer success team? The Success League offers both instructor-led online classes and on-site team workshops. Our online classes are one hour long and offered at two different times each week to serve our global customers. They are a fantastic option for geographically dispersed teams or teams who want to build their skills but don't have a lot of time each week. Each online class includes exercises, a worksheet, and a resources list so that CSMs can keep learning beyond the session. On-site workshops cover core skills in-depth and incorporate discussion, group exercises, and role-playing to drive learning and teamwork. They are a wonderful choice for teams who work in the same location or groups who are getting together for a company event. For more information about our online classes or our workshops, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io. I also want to remind you that the Customer Success Network hosts customer success events all over the Bay Area. These meetups occur once a month and include networking, presentations, and lively roundtable discussions about important topics in the field. Please visit meetup.com slash customer success network to see a list of upcoming events. We would love to have you join us. And now back to our interview. Andreas, I think I know the answer here, but I'd love it if you could share some other general results with our audience.
1: Sure. That was really the exciting part about conducting the study to be able to have the leaders emerging from all the participants in the survey with very distinguishing behaviors. So for example, if you compare the top 25 percent of participants in terms of their net revenue retention rate, you see a notable difference with the other 75 percentiles. The leading 25 percent have an NRR rate of 123, which is on par with other studies, whereas the rest of the field has an average of just 87% of that revenue retention rate. And, And those results from business performance are also coupled and mirrored with the score on the customer success performance index. The leaders have, in average, a score of 455 points in our customer success performance index versus the other 75 percentile have scored only three hundred and twenty-eight points. So that is a notable difference in their adoption of certain best practices, like we outlined in the examples in the other five dimensions. And coupled with their business performance and that goes across all the eight dimensions in some areas the differences are minute in other areas the differences are more extreme and as we had talked about earlier in this interview that gives a company already a roadmap around the areas that they should perhaps tackle next And then apply some common sense if that should really apply to them, if their company is ready to go that route, or if they should tackle any of the other eight dimensions where they're a bit behind in order to push their net revenue retention rates higher.
0: Yeah. I th- I think that's interesting and I I found a lot of fascinating r- results in the survey. I think one of the other things that I'd love to talk about is the cultural differences that we saw in in terms of how they played out in results specifically between the US and the large group of Japanese companies that we had participate. What did you find um interesting about that?
1: Well, first of all, it it was interesting that the Japanese customers, in average, scored lower in the customer success performance index and also lower in their business results. So across cultures, that correlation is consistent, but the adoption of customer success best practices within Japanese companies is not yet as strong as it is for the rest of the world. And I looked at comparisons between the U.S. and Europe and other geographies and couldn't find any noticeable difference. But there are two dimensions where, in general, Japanese companies score higher. One is the team dimension and the other is the resources dimension.
0: Yeah. And I
1: discussed it with Hiroko.
0: Yeah, what did she say?
1: And so, for example, on the team dimension, we are evaluating and measuring what are all the various functions that are within customer success, not just the account management function, something that is very natural, but also there marketing capabilities and other aspects of services to the customer within the customer success team. And Japanese companies scored very high there because culturally, Japanese companies are looking for generalists that do everything. And that is why, from the survey perspective, they said, yes, our customer success team does this. Yes, we do this. Yes, we do this. Because everything that they felt was needed in a dialogue, in an engagement with a customer, this team provided. That is why the team dimension is so high, but also in the discussion I had with Abija, with Hiroko, and other Japanese companies, it also it doesn't allow someone to really become a subject matter expert in a specific area. And some of the Japanese companies are now looking into to have in addition to the generalist also a specialist. And then from the resources dimension, again, from this cultural aspect of catering to it to your customers of always providing more value to them. Today I measured on how much better I am for you with my products, with my services as a CSM than I was yesterday. That also shows the strengths of the resources they provide to their customers in terms of helping them along the journey, any type of tools and templates and other things that we measured under this resources dimension in the Japanese companies. And so hopefully in the 2019 version of our benchmark survey, we will see the overall Gaps between Japanese companies and other companies in the world shrinking while they preserve their cultural advantage that have already in the dimensions that I mentioned team and segmentation.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting um, as we get our results back for 2019. And I would love to see large groups of companies from other countries, too, so that we can compare. We had kind of a smattering across a lot of different countries for this benchmark study from 2018. But it would be great if we had more participation from other countries so we can look at how things are different across the world. Exactly. So let's, let's wrap up you know, the discussion of the survey, why do you think the study is important? What would you say to a company who wasn't sure what they would get out of it?
1: The beauty of the study is really <laughs> that it ties what you are doing in terms of your customer success behaviors in the eight dimensions of the customer success performance index to business results. So, a company who isn't sure what they get out of it gets already a comparison of their business performance with other companies in the world and a comparison of their maturity in each of the eight dimensions of the customer success performance index in comparison to the other participants and the leading scores from a business performance and that, I believe, is something that is very worth the effort that it takes to complete the survey in 8 to 10 minutes and get a report that outlines those details and provides a few recommendations.
0: So if a company wanted to participate in this study, how would they find it?
1: We have a website, Customer mm-hmm. Success customersuccessperformanceindex.com, that leads you directly to the survey. The survey has 35 questions. And as I mentioned, in typically eight to 10 minutes, you're able to complete the survey and you will get an instant result of the comparison of your performance and your maturity in the eight dimensions of the customer success performance index via email. That is automatically generated. And is your personalized copy and all available, again, at customersuccessperformanceindex.com.
0: Okay, Andreas, you know the drill. Last question. What do you see as the biggest trend in customer success and why?
1: I believe that the biggest trend in customer success is the realization of everyone in the world that customer success is not a fad, that customer success is here to stay because in a subscription economy without customer success, you will just lose customers instead of keeping them, instead of expanding them. And as people realize that they're paying more attention to the best practices that they have to apply, they realize that this is not just an isolated function, that this is a culture, that this is a philosophy. So from the perspective of the Customer Success Performance Index, the alignment dimension is really the strongest trend that I see over the the next year maturing within this index.
0: I agree. It, I've had a blast working with you on this project too. And it's been really fascinating to watch the results come in throughout 2019. And I think we're going to learn a lot this year as we have more participants in the study and the study matures a little bit so we can see what's going on in the field. I really appreciate you coming on the show today to talk about the survey and the study and the report. And I hope all of you out there listening will participate.
1: And I share that sentiment of many companies participating. It has been fun doing this because it's not just another study. It is a tool that is helping not just you and me, but every of the participant companies to be better in customer success. And that is something wonderful and exciting. And I'm glad that we're able to take some of our learnings that we distilled in this customer success performance index and are able to basically give that back to the CS community. So thank you for participating with me in this study and having me on the show. It's been a blast.
0: Thanks, Andreas. I also want to thank our sponsors, StrikeDeck and the Success League. To learn more about StrikeDeck, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow StrikeDeck on LinkedIn or at StrikeDeck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io and follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSLCustomers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and anywhere you get your podcasts. And finally, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time.